0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death By Pod, the pod where horror is the only subject, just horror around here. My name is Matt Hudson-Still, and joining me is the human version of a good boy doll, it's a girl, it's Elizabeth, aka Bloggy Balboa. How you doing, mate?
1: I am very, very good, thank you. And how are you?
0: I am spiffing today. It's a a Thursday night, and if it could be any more cliche, I've got the lights down, it's raining outside, and we're literally going to talk horror, but... Uh, that aside, how are you? What have you had for dinner? What did you go last night?
1: Have you got uh, Have you got newspaper on your windows? Because I hear that adds to the uh, sitting in a dark room talking about horror aesthetic quite well.
0: There's a There's a There's a crow outside just looking looking at me. So Uh-oh. and Brand a f- red floaty rocker. balloon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I had fun last night. I went to Pizza Express before it uh, before it leaves our high streets. Yep. Yeah. And I ate a whole pizza. Whole pizza? Pizza. I ate pizza and I drank a bottle of wine.
0: And uh, worse for wear, I imagine?
1: No, I'm actually, I'm quite stoic when it comes to drinking a bottle of wine these days.
0: Oh, I suppose that blue cheese pizza probably helped. Blue cheese. Oh, uh,
1: it was really nice. I got one of the ones, you know, like with a little salad in the middle.
0: So I I do know them, but I steer clear of them because of the salad because in the of middle. The, to
1: be fair, the salad was pretty subpar, but it was so I could leave more room for wine.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Who needs dessert when you've got a bottle of wine to yourself?
1: And then I feel less guilty about it because I've never had a salad, have I?
0: (laughs) And grapes, (laughs) fruit as well. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, Right, Death by Pod. That's us. That's Elizabeth. That's me. You may have seen our faces on social media this week if you have. Lucky you guys. Uh, And as I say, we're here to talk horror and only horror. So, matey booze. what are we talking about tonight?
1: We're talking about Gerald's game. The funniest game in the world.
0: Yeah, kinky. Shall I tell you a little bit more about it? Do you know what? I think that'd be quite good. And um, just to, just just to say, spoilers for Gerald's Game. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Come back and listen.
1: Spoiler! Yeah, spoiler alert. I'll tell. Well, I'll tell you. It was directed by Mike Flanagan. It stars Carla Gugino, Bruce Greenwood, oh bloody hell, these names: Carol Strick- Strickian, Henry Thomas, and Katie Siegel. And Gerald's Game is about a kinky game gone wrong. Uh, Gerald is trying to spice up his marriage to Jessie and he takes her to a remote cabin for some sexy fun involving some handcuffs. But when he handcuffs Jessie to the bed, he suffers a heart attack and Jessie's stuck, chained to the bed with the corpse of her husband on top of her. And that's Gerald's game.
0: That is pretty much Gerald's game. It is a. It's all about a kinky sex game by Gerald. Yeah, he's trying. To, he's trying to spice up his love life, popping some blue pills, and um, <laughs> it all goes horribly wrong when yeah, when his old uh, ticker gives away and his pecky doesn't work either. So nice. yeah, it's um, Stephen King book. Did you read the book at all? Cause no, I no, I have not read the book. I'm. I thought from what I understand, it's pretty faithful to it for the most part. Yeah. Uh, including the ending as well, which a Stephen King ending, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, Gerald's Game. This came out on Netflix, and it, again, it wasn't one that I was really knew anything about, to be honest. I just heard people online saying, ah, this is really scary, and this is really creepy, and it's uh, and it really affected me. So I thought, that's the kind of thing I want to do tonight. Watch that. <laughs> and um, I liked it. I'm going to put it out there right now. I thought it was pretty damn good, especially for a Stephen King adaptation.
1: Yeah. So do you not ever seen it until the other day?
0: No, I saw it, um, when, it come, when it came out originally. Was it 2017, I want to say? Mm. Uh, so I saw it um, within a few days because, cause, um, as usual, uh, on social media, went mad for a new horror film and it had, had, had bits in it that were a bit creepy and everyone was saying how disgusting it was. So I checked in. But to rewatch it for this show, I um, watched it a couple of days ago now and I forgot how decent it is.
1: Yeah, it is. it, it really, really draws you in. Just from the very, very start, like you can't you kind not you want to stop watching, but you, you can't you want to find out what happens.
0: Yes, it's got bringing a home to me by Sam Cook started the whole thing up, which which made me quite happy because I spent the entirety of the film thinking about that in the back of my mind. And as soon as the film finished, I broke out into a Sam Cook rendition. So thanks very much for that Flanagan. Now, I, I thought it was a half decent film, actually, because I'm not going to come out and call it straight up horror because it isn't. It absolutely mm. is, and it's it's the psychological side of it. There's trauma, there's abuse, there's a. If anything, it's a character study into um, Carla Gugino's character. She plays someone called Jesse Berlin Game, and obviously Bruce Greenwood, who's not playing the US president for once, he is the titular Gerald who plays the game. So we've got Jesse and Gerald. So it's pretty much all about Jesse, this is all about Carla Gugino, who I think was fantastic in this movie.
1: Yeah, I heard. T- I think that she really, really brought the character to life, and I think that she does a really good job of sort of playing multiple different roles because she kind of does the, obviously aside from the fact that there's two of her, she plays a different part in every scene.
0: Yeah, if I remember reading as well, she would act out her scenes as normal Jesse, if you will, in her vision, like the vision Jesse. She'd act the whole thing out for that day, so she'd be all you know, confident and fresh and made up and with it. And then, as soon as she'd finish that, she'd get on the bed, handcuff herself up when she was kind of knackered and a bit redraggled, and then redo the whole day's shoot as you know, chained up Jessie, which is which is mental. But I can imagine it, it helped because I say it's, this is this is more about confronting your fears rather than the, what you actually see. There is a bloody gruesome scene about two thirds of the way through, which is what most people know this film for. But mm. yeah, if anything, this is more of a more of a drama, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's not really a horror, is it? I guess it's more of kind of like a psychological thriller with horrific moments.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Should we not? Should we just stop the pod now then?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, whatever you want to speak about next week, uh, we'll do that. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys, to this seven-minute-long <laughs> version. Horror.
1: We've established that. See you later.
0: <laughs> it, no, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like horror, mystery, um, drama, bit of everything. Yeah. Got got comedy. A bit of Has it got any comedy in it?
1: Ah, uh, there are funny moments, I guess. Not like haha funny.
0: Well, I guess when the dog starts nushing on on uh, Bruce Greenwood's character on Gerald, it's quite funny. But um, <laughs> depends what your tolerance for for, for laughs are. But um, Gerald's game. What is it about this film that drew you to it? Because I know you're well. I know you were a fan of this uh, more so than I am, and that's not in a bad way.
1: Um, yeah, I actually haven't seen it. Um, my boyfriend's a massive Stephen King fan, oh, and man. he he was the one that was like, "Oh, you really, really need to watch this film." And I, I kind of came out of it like a different person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt like I bit,
1: yeah, it was awful. Um, it made me feel really, really uncomfortable as well. Like yeah. I think um, I can't. That must have been in the summertime. So this is probably my, only my second viewing of it as well. But it. It, I think it's pretty telling that even though I knew what was what was going to come, I still felt just as uncomfortable. It's, it's not an easy watch. It's like Requiem for a Dream, but, oh, yeah. you know, it's not really the sort of film that you see twice.
0: It isn't, actually, no. Because, uh, yeah, when I watched it again, like um, like you would have done, I guess because you know what's coming, it puts you on edge still. But it isn't an enjoyable film, but it's a good film. Again, it's um, similar to one of the other films we spoke about. I think it's like, Hereditary, I think, where... It, I, I liked watching it again but it's not like an enjoyable film where you can sit there and munch popcorn and you know have a, enjoy yourself watching it. Gerald's Game isn't that kind of film but like you said, it draws you in it gets its claws in, it handcuffs you to your own bed and it basically you're just watching a woman face up to her past, uh, her abusive, well, I say abusive, her, her uh, odd husband, her abusive father because her father abused her as a child and um, in in that's a, that's really really creepy scenes they are when mm. the flashback scenes are really, oh, and of course like, so you like only get that that horror scene with the hand in the handcuffs. But no, it's yeah, I like I like this film because of that. It wasn't that it it didn't try to be, you know, it didn't try to shoehorn in horror just for the sake of it because it's got Stephen King's name attached to it or Netflix didn't just decide actually we want this to be a lot scarier. There's enough atmosphere there to make it. Creepy, but that's kind of where it was for me. It's creepy with that one gross out moment. um But yeah, like I say, it is all about uh, Carla Gugino's character confronting her fear, confronting her her past. Especially the end, it becomes a drama about abusers and how they see their victims. That's how I saw it anyway. And a question for you as well, because I'm just uh, riffing. The dog was the dog real?
1: Yeah it oh, yeah. was real yeah i definitely think that the dog was real okay. um i mean cuz the when the when the movie starts the the first thing that you like see is them in the car mm-hmm. and she notices the the dog like eating some kind of like i don't know what it is like a possum or something and she wants to stop and feed it and she feels really really sorry for this dog and gerald just like doesn't care and it's <laughs> just such a strange reaction like Right from the start, it's already kind of you've got that positioning of like she feels sympathy for some animalistic dog basically, which is kind of when it then unravels that Gerald was you know sexually abusive to her, and mm-hmm. then her dad was sexually abusive to her, and that her whole life she's been kind of metaphorically chained to that bed.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like you know she, she kind of feels sympathy for predatory things which is just not, it's not necessarily, and so already, I think you kind of feel off kilter as soon as the movie starts, because you're like, why the fuck does she, <laughs> why, why does she want to, my first instinct would not be to go and feed that dog. I don't know about you, maybe I'm like
0: just a horrible person. No, I would just just—I'd completely ignore its existence, drive around it and leave it there. <laughs> Frankly, if I'm in the middle of nowhere and that mangy mutt is just eating, like say a possum or a beaver or something, then... I'm not going to get out and feed it or even try and console it. And I'm certainly not going to give it that steak that she gives it. You know, that like why was it a like $200 Kobe steak, that was actually from Kobe, which is a fun little joke. I'm not giving it any food.
1: Yeah. that hurt, I love like, animals. That's such a strange bit. Cause that was, um, when I, when I watched this the first time around, I didn't realize that I was going to sort of start psychoanalyzing it, but I had to start making notes. Cause I was like, geez, this is so like, so they did, the whole way through the film they talk about um like her idealized version of herself compares men to dogs quite a lot Mm -hmm. and gerald also talks about dogs quite a lot and talks about you know like smelling fresh meat and smelling the blood and stuff and when she goes to feed the dog the camera angle is really high so you can kind of like you know she's being objectified you can kind of see like down her dress and Mm -hmm. she's like oh here, boy, like I've got, I've got something juicy for you. I've got something tasty for you, or something. And it's just really weird. Like she's, she's kind of being sexy with this dog. Mm-hmm. And then Gerald comes over and says, "Yeah, Kobe it's Kobe ribeye. It's two hundred dollars a portion. You know, leave it out there. It would be the best meat he's ever had." And it's almost like this kind of like she's giving the dog her husband's meat. Like you know, it's all this. It there's a lot of kind of over sexualizing with the dog, and then also just with meat and kind of this sense of consuming and then the dog obviously eats Gerald and it's very alpha male predatory, yeah, that was me. I just went on a complete tangent about meat and sex, but right.
0: that's the kind of tangent we want to hear on this show.
1: <laughs> I thought it was just really clever that like from the word go you you kind of know that Jesse's got these you know, really kind of odd feelings towards things that should frighten her and they mm-hmm. they don't.
0: Your notes are probably better than mine. Mine basically, <laughs> basically says, Gerald's got five inches, her dad is a nunce and he beats off. Pretty much the notes I've got, so much larger I can leave Um But then I can elaborate on that. I only asked about the dog because when we get to, when we find out who like the kind of, like, the, the, the thing in the shadows is, the moonlight man as they call him, uh, mm. in, the, in which I know we'll speak about, but he had a... A taste for man flesh, if you will. He was a cannibal, yeah. he ate men. The dog only goes for Gerald. That's why I thought, is the dog real? Or is he kind of some sort of odd manifestation of the Moonlight Man as a dog? Um, that's how I saw it. But that's why I thought I'd ask you because you're more tuned in to these kind of things than I am. But, um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying about the meat because that's what the film's about, basically. It says, yeah. Gerald handcuffs his wife to the bed and then tries to act out this strange rape fantasy, and he keeps calling himself Daddy, and yeah. um, Jessie, because she's not having any of that, that's when she's like, get off, this is weird, you're a freak, you remind me of Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, you're weird. And then, next thing you know, he, he obviously has a heart attack, and then it all goes from there, but you're right, especially the dog scene, So I hadn't thought about it like that, but now I'm kind of playing it back in my head, and whilst Bruce Greenwood does a great job of being like a... Ugh, like a slimy, it's just horrible, the right amount of slime, without being an absolute cockhead. Well, he is, but it's in those early scenes he kind of conceals it. Like with the dog, he's kind of thinking, is he being nice to the dog by letting him have the meat rather than just chucking it in the bin? Um, but yeah, like you say, now you've said those kind of connotations, it's taken on a different kind of meaning already for me. So I've learned something
1: because there's the the whole reason. Well, like the the, the build up to him having a heart attack. Is that they sort of have an argument, and then he says, "You know, what if I won't uncuff you? Like I'll be really mm-hmm. sweet and nice to you." And get, basically, he's going to rape her. Yeah. And she, he bites her, and then she bites him back, and she she really hurts him. And then he's kind of bleeding from his lip, and then he has a heart attack. And it's like again, there's this whole thing about like biting and mm-hmm. power, and you know, he he is being predatory. It's um, I think the dog is there to. Sort of remind people that the situation isn't good. Like mm-hmm. there is sort of it's the dog's almost omnipresent. Like it's really bizarre, but it's really effective because you know I w- and also at one point doesn't she um she wakes up to the dog licking her feet because he's trying to eat her because Gerald's obviously started to rot. Yes, but she sees it as the moonlight man licking yes. her feet, doesn't that's, she?
0: That's ha- another th- reason why I asked because. Yeah, because when she's having like a vision, isn't she, like a flashback and um, when, she, when she comes to, there's a dog and then there's like this that sort of odd chunky headed moonlight man is licking her feet and then she screams and it, and it all goes. So I kept seeing kind of these strange connections between the dog and the moonlight man. But the dog was also there for, you know, for, for the horror effect because when you're watching it, you're also very aware that she's chained to a bed. There's a man dead, bleeding on the floor who's being feasted on and there's also a ravenous dog in the room. So there's always that kind of yeah. feeling that, hold on, is a dog suddenly going to start noshing on her as well? So he, he, whether it was real or not, I mean, I, oh, I've got the idea from what you're saying in my head now, but then when you mentioned the Moonlight Man and the dog both licking the feet, that's when I'm thinking, um, is, was everything real or was she, had she lost herself so much? But either way, the dog was still there to remind the viewers that this is still a horror film and I am going to put you on edge by putting this dog in there and Gerald calls the dog Cujo which is a quite a nice little throwback to one of King's yeah. other books I like that there's a few little um, parallels in this book things like Dolores Claiborne as well certainly the sexual assault parts made me think of that book because I've actually read it um, like where Joe sexually assaults Selina reminded me of that. So, Mike Flanagan did a quite a good job, actually, of paying homage to Stephen King, who I believe, actually, really, really, really enjoyed this film. But he does say yeah. that about most of the modern films of his. I think he even said The Dark Tower was good. So, Ugh. but um, yeah. but yeah, the film really goes, kicks off when Gerald has his heart attack. Suddenly, he kind of rises from the floor and then we know something's, something's up here. And I really liked how that didn't get boring. It didn't get old. It didn't get stale. The fact that we had uh, Jessie tied to the bed, and then we had the, her visions of herself and Gerald kind of, not bickering, but facing off against each other like the angel and the devil on her shoulder. And he's mm. kind of putting self-doubt into her head, um, saying it's going to be dark soon, no one can hear you scream. And there's a great like uh, three-point shot of her screaming as the camera, in three points, gets further away from the house just to show how isolated they are. Um, yeah. But I thought the use of divisions was actually surprisingly effective and it could have been a bit shit if they hadn't done it proper well.
1: Yeah. I think the idea of her splitting her psyche and she's got her her own abusive inner voice that's obviously played into why she's stayed in this marriage for so long. Mm-hmm. And then she's also got an idealised sense of self that is maternal as well as being kind of like tough love. And I think when it unfolds that clearly her mum kind of knew what her dad was doing mm-hmm. but perhaps didn't didn't do much or didn't say anything you know it's she's she's filling in all of those roles for all the people that were there and weren't there and i think it's the fact that she needs both of them ultimately to um get out of the situation that she's in because if it wasn't for gerald spurring her on and sort of saying, like, well, you're going to fucking die, and her being like, no, 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 I'm not going to allow that. I think without Gerald being there, if it was just her and herself, I think that, um, I don't think she'd have made it out of the room. I think she'd still be there.
0: Because I say, when you think about it, Gerald is, Gerald's just telling the truth, basically saying, if you don't get out of the situation, you're fucked, basically. You're going yeah. to die one way or another. You can only survive a few days without water. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah. And it's, it's those kind of, it's that overall arc which stops this from being just another, you know, average horror film. Because without those kind of scenes and that, the reflection of self doubt and uh, her facing her fears in the confront of the past, this is just a bog standard horror film, I think.
1: Because there's a bit where um, her, her other self says about how he he kind of comes in one night and sort of has sex with her but she doesn't enjoy it like it's really rough and -hmm. she doesn't like it and then she says oh you know you you're actually really glad that you're glad for it because he's got the little blue pills that make him so thirsty and the way that she says it again it's like sexualizing just having a drink basically like oh he's so thirsty like (laughs) and then with the (laughs) with the dog she then turns around to the dog and she's like, "Oh, the dog is just doing what it needs to do to to get along in life, and so will you." Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of like the whole of your life, you've been a victim, and you've kind of been like this meek stray dog that you saw in the road that you were feeding, you know, fucking prime rib to. But now you're gonna have to become. Because I noticed that the dog the dog gets darker as well. I, I never noticed you know, that. When, when they first see him, it looks more like an Alsatian. It's really kind of tan colored. But then as it approaches to, to eat that steak and then when it comes into the room, it's pretty much black and it looks more and more like that wolf from Neverending Story. <laughs> it looks like Gamork. That's it the old, film where probably, they've but, run yeah. on
0: Tony Colette's back, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the one with Tony Collette. Right. yeah.
0: Two out of two for the Neverending Story. <laughs> I never noticed a dog got darker, though.
1: Yeah, kind of like, yeah, It just gets it just gets darker and I don't know whether that's supposed to be like I don't know whether the dog is also supposed to be a part of her as well, even though it is real. But I think she starts to view the dog as like, okay, well, it's also an incentive for me to get out because it's probably going to eat me if I don't. And also I need to become, you know, not a lot hungry like the wolf. Just There's so so much in this film where you can relate the dog and meat to repressed carnal lust. It's really, really... Like, fucked
0: up when he starts to look at <laughs> it. Jim Henson movie. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. The dog and the Moonlight Man, are they ever in the room at the same time? And I'm not going to say one of them is Batman, but are they ever in the room at the same time? Because when the Moonlight yeah, Man enters, think... the dog buggers off.
1: Yeah, I think right at the end, as she goes to leave, isn't the dog sat, the dog's kind of sat near it, isn't it? Or the do- the I dog's the like walking dog away I and the, the, dog she down down the, the dog looks over.
0: Oh, maybe not. Hmm. I'm just trying to prove my own theory it has some weight to it. That's all.
1: I, don't, I mean, you, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, it's in, the dog could well not be there, um, and it could just be. But I, I think that, I think both the dog and the Moonlight Man are both real.
0: Oh, the Moonlight Man's real, yeah.
1: I definitely, definitely think the dog is real.
0: Okay, I'll fight you for it later on. Okay. And you will win. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so, so the, whether the dog was real, what we do know is real was Jesse was, yeah, um, abused by her father as a child. And I can't remember the dude's name who plays her. Uh, uh, Henry Thomas. God almighty. Yeah. How do you prepare for a role like that? Because he fits the role of not like, paedophile so well. Oh, or, or predator, uh, sorry, should I say. Predator. He He looks... The part, if I, no, if I can say that. he's a full-on paedophile. You can call
1: him a paedophile. That's totally what
0: he is. He's a stinking nut. An
1: incestual paedophile.
0: yeah. And let's <laughs> also not call a spade a spade. Stephen King's fucking weird and likes things that involve kids and like, sex and orgies and weird stuff. So, uh, I, but, so that doesn't surprise me that there was that element in it. And yeah, Mike Flanagan, he makes this awful, horrific situation of child abuse, which is disgusting and abhorrent. And actually portrays it as horrific. He doesn't kind of hold back. Yes, he doesn't see anything. He do not want to, God forbid. But it makes you feel awful for watching. Like Really grimy for watching it. And I think he did well with what was a nasty situation. And I actually think Mike Flanagan did a bloody good job of directing this film, which is, for for all intents and purposes, set in one room.
1: I mean, I don't know if you noticed as well that the beginning shot, where she's laying out all of her clothes on the bed... She lays out her the nighty that she wears with the slip, as the they slip. call it, and it's exactly the same as what she does after her dad's done what he's done. She takes her white dress off and lays it on the bed oh yeah, and it's exactly the same and it's just like it's like everything that Jessie's experienced it was leading up to this moment in her life where she was going to get chained to her bed and physically forced to to deal with this like repressed trauma
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's almost and it's done in a way where you know then her husband is the one that's doing it it's quite quite awful
0: yeah it was like the, fa- the father her father and her husband like the kind of two prominent men in her life are both one, almost kind of one and the same which is her problem and she also mentions about how he how he kind of flanders Around his clients with uh, these, these not these jokes about women, and also the fact that he's a Flanderer in the first place. He, yeah. his, his division of him says, "You know what do you think I was doing whilst you were just laying there not accepting it? He was out and about doing it." So we, Gerald's not a nice guy. So Jesse has basically spent her whole life repressed by these men who take advantage of her, who use her, and good. She and she just doesn't. Uh, for want of a better term fight back which makes what happens at the end even sweeter but those those scenes with uh, the childhood scenes yeah they were um they were tough to watch but did you i heard you say earlier on about the mum do you think she knew what was going on because we know that the dad awfully manipulated her into say, into saying oh let's not tell mum which was again really ugh, tough, tough yeah, scene to watch yeah. but do you think the mother knew
1: um well because the mum the mum and Jessie are obviously going through a bit of a awkward time anyway because i guess she's what 12 did you say she is uh and,
0: something like that yeah yeah
1: i think she said so she's 12 and the mum is like oh you know she doesn't she doesn't really like me She, she's all about you she's like daddy's little girl or whatever but like nothing but smiles for daddy that's right and it's like is the does the mum just not really have that good of a relationship with Jessie? You know, I can't imagine that their relationship was improved by what happened, but there was something about the way, the way that she looks at her mum, you know, when she smashes the glass with the yes. kid, the way that that scene like slows down and it shows her looking at her mum.
0: Pleading she, almost. Yeah. She,
1: yeah. she looks terrified. Like, and it, the mum looks at her almost as if, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to do anything about it. There must be a reason why she doesn't talk to her mum, but I don't,
0: know, I don't know. No, so that's not really established in the film. We just assume that. Yeah, it's you know, the mum and daughter clash. They've got a new younger, or they've got one on the way, I think, as well. And that mm-hmm. the dad is just you know the dad's softer, and he's always there to lend a helping hand, if you will. Um, also interesting as well, her dad. Jessie's dad was a lawyer, and so was Gerald. So there was that link as well. She married, uh, a, both she she married a lawyer like her father, who's an abuser. It's these kind of it's not old habits, but it's the what affects her most is what it's kind of find that almost like comfort in distress type mm. situation where what, even though she knows it's everything, all the de- it, every demon with, is within some is within her now. Sorry, get the words out. Um, but she can't let go of them, and like you said. It's almost like fate was leading her to this point where she'd have to be chained to the bed to face these fears in her in her own kind of prison, if you will. And it's a fight for survival basically as well. You either face face your fears, face your past, and you know, damn well get get out of this situation and survive and be better for it, or just wither up and die, you know, as you have done your whole life and that is that's a powerful thing. And that Again, Mike Flanagan does well, and it elevates this film from being mm, all right to you know actually, this is pretty, pretty damn good. The Moonlight Man. What did you think of that geezer? Because we so we see him first. He kind of comes into Jesse's visions, and we're not quite sure what the hell is in the corner of the room. As this, this kind of a chunky-headed bloke man with a jewelry box in his hand, and you're like, is he real? What? You know, what's he? He's made out of moonlight. And then as the film goes on, he's still there. But mm. what do you think of him and actually his visual appearance as well, like in in film, like makeup?
1: Um, I mean that that whole thing is just very Stephen King, isn't mm. it? I mean, it's the same as like The Green Mile, yeah. you know, where you think you're kind of you're going in for a bog standard prison movie, and then by the end of it, it's like, oh, and he's magic, and it's John like, Coffey, you've
0: got the force,
1: yeah, I'm like oh yeah, he's actually an angel, and you're yeah. like, shut up, Stephen King, like why do you have to? <laughs> Why? Why does he have to do this? Why does he have to take? Why does he have to end by completely changing everything that has happened? But that—that's another argument for another time. (laughs) We could do a Stephen
0: King shit endings episode, and it would be brilliant.
1: God, it would be every. But yeah, the the Moonlight Man. I thought that when he was actually in the room and he was in darkness he was extremely convincing but obviously when she sees him at the end he's very clearly been CGI'd um I thought that I thought the whole ending of this film actually taking away what it meant for her in a psychological respect it was quite pony like it just (laughs) you know he's real he's got a weird face he kills people, but he didn't kill her. And it's like, okay, well he also didn't fucking help you now either, did he? Really? I mean, like obviously he's like her liberator, you know, he broke her chains and very Khaleesi, but mm. he didn't look he didn't look as good as I I would have liked him to. And that that really the ending and the moonlight man are the big qualms I have with this film because I think it could have paid off really well if it had just If they'd have just skewed, because I imagine that how that ends is probably how the book ends as well. I can't imagine that they've changed that too much.
0: As far as I'm aware, from doing a a bit of the old research into the book, as far as I know, it's actually pretty faithful to the novel, which was, what, 1992 So 27 years old now. I haven't read it, so I don't know how it stacks up comparatively. But as far as I'm aware, it's pretty faithful, including the end. And I don't know what to think about the end, because... Had it been just like the Moonlight Man, this like weird, like spe- monster, almost type of thing in the corner, the Boogeyman, then that would have been like extremely Stephen King, where you've got this really kind of a harrowing, hard hitting human drama going on, and then in the corner of the room is a bloke with a head like a fucking raisin standing there. <laughs> Big <But, laughs> raisin, massive <laughs> raisin, yeah, more like a more like a twirl bite. Um, well, He's a full on grape, to be honest. You would know all about that of your wine. I'm not sure if I would have liked him to actually been this like moonlight man to be like the overall liberator bad guy we're going to call him I quite like the fact that there was a human element to the end of it even though the bloke, yeah his name was Raymond Andrew Juber. he had something wrong with him that gave him an enlargement of his hands, feet and face I don't Mm. like the idea that he just went into a house every day and she didn't really notice that he was real I don't like that, I think that's a bit yeah, I think that's a bit naff. But yeah. I quite like the idea that it wasn't like a monster in the corner, the monster in the dark type thing, that there was actually like a real element to it. But at the same time, it was a bit pap how it ended because it, it's something unsatisfying given what came before. And a lot of films fall foul of this, but especially Stephen King, we mentioned where he can, or, or the directors, can give us like two thirds of a film can be, wicked and then there's a full short at the end of the green mile i think the green mile is wonderful but then you get here yeah, john Coffey's like an angel when he can conjure up light and heal mice and i'm glad he did actually because i like that mice mouse but um it's stuff like that where you think oh. it was so grounded and so like moving until then it kind of takes you out the film a bit too much so i was interested when i re-watched it I did wonder, I The first thing I thought when I saw the Moonlight like, Man is, I wonder what Bloggy thinks about this. Because the first time I saw it, I did think, "Oh no, this—he looks awful." What is this weird deviation we've suddenly taken? Um, but I'm surprised to hear that you thought the ending was that cack.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like, I think I think that it's a good ending for what it does because I suppose it's quite prophetic that she, she says to him, "You know, you're only made of moonlight." while she's having these major flashbacks of her dad abusing her during a solar eclipse. Yes. So it's like this whole kind of like the moonlight man takes on so many different, um, you know, metaphors of, of what goes on in her own life. And then she gives him her wedding ring, which is kind of like, you know, she's, she's broken her psychological shackles. She's had to, physically hurt herself to get out of the, the cuffs that um that gerald's put her in yeah. and a dad have put her in but the, the last kind of you know cuff that she has is, is her wedding ring and that she she gives that to him and that that's enough for him he doesn't feel the need to kill her because he i think he does kill he kills his sister and her boyfriend and then calls them mummy and daddy yeah There's a lot, yeah, and and he consumes people as well, and he eats people, and it's the fact that he also kind of he watches her. He it's voyeuristic. It's like you know he's not going to help her. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to watch her die.
0: Goon in the
1: corner. So the yeah, like some freak in the corner. So the fact that she then gives him a wedding ring and she goes off, and then when she sees him in court he breaks his own chains and says, you're only made of moonlight, you're only made of moonlight. And then she just says, oh, you're so much smaller than I remember. Yeah. Because as she walks up to him, his face changes to be Gerald and her dad. And she kind of attributes him to to everything. So it it's weird. I can't really understand... I get the whole point of it, that she's like, you know, she's finally confronted everything head on and she's just channeled everyone into this Moonlight Man who's the only tangible, alive or living person that she can stand up to herself, like stand up to.
0: Yeah, and she kind of takes back the power in that moment. Like you say, you see Gerald, yeah. her father, and they—that like, the sentiment, I like that because it's, you know, it's, it's a bloody good sentiment and it's very now as well. I didn't like the ending where she kind of like walks off into the sunset almost, but I thought it was a bit naff. But... Yeah, because at the beginning of the film you see, uh, over the radio, sorry, you hear something about a cemetery being raided or something. I noticed that as well. There's a break-in and a burglary at the county cemetery on the radio, because just randomly comes mm. on in their car. And then at the end of the film, when she's writing the letter to her younger self, explaining what's going on, and then she wishes for the sun, you know, to come out of the moonlight and all that, which is nice. We find out that this Raymond... the moonlight man he's actually he's the one who breaks into cemeteries and has sex with corpses and eats them so it kind of bookends as well which i didn't realize until the second viewing that actually they make a fairly obvious point at the beginning of saying look the cemetery's been broken into which at first i thought was just a stephen king kind of setup where he's just kind of they're in a car in the middle of nowhere ah the cemetery's been broken into a weird dog in the road I didn't. At first, I thought it was just set set-up and convention, but mm. now looking back at it, they set it up from the very beginning. But you don't know that until you're watching it. But no, I didn't. I didn't mind the end. And I cut the the Moonlight Man is called something else in the book, I believe. In the book, he's called Space Cowboy. I think. What? Gen generally not taking the piss. I think he's called the Space Cowboy. Okay. If anyone's listening, which I hope you are, let me know. That's or let us know. Sorry. How true that is, but I'm 99% sure that in the novel he's referred to as the Space Cowboy. And I think Mike Flanagan, the sickly, thought, Well, that's a bit shit. I'm going to call him something a bit less rubbish. So, hence the Moonlight Man, which works a lot better than Space Cowboy. Because there's something well, to do with licensing the song as well Space Cowboy.
1: Well, you'd think that it was just Jamaracuay in the corner, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just
0: JK just hanging out. Just in a big hat. Yeah. <laughs> that's where all his jewelry is so put. He you put hasn't your... got a disease, he's just got a stupid hat on. And he just got funny little funny he just dances funny on those conveyor belt floors. J.K. <laughs> JK's alright, he's probably done what he's up to nowadays, but probably better than the Moonlight Man is anyway. What about um let's let's jump into that nasty scene then, the, the scene that uh people were the horror scene in this film where he's trying to scene. get a hand out in a goddamn handcuff.
1: Mmm. I thought that was really good. I thought it was really good. I found it... I still find it so difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... It's also because, like, her arms are all weak and inefficient. Like, she's just... Like, she's holding this glass and she's all shaky and you're like, oh, fuck! And then she, like, does it in... It's the fact she does it in through her wrist oh, and actually fully, like, autopsies her own hand.
0: Lubes up her wrist, is she?
1: Ugh! Oh, it's really skanky. Because there's a lot of, like... Um, sort of fake getaways isn't there where she imagines herself breaking all her fingers and then like ripping the oh. bed post, and you think that she's out and then it's like oh no you can't do that
0: yeah. bed's reinforced you ain't getting out of there love mm. and they have moments in it like when Gerald puts the water on top of the shelf which obviously that glass like, it comes in handy for mutilating her own art hand they, the camera does this job of just showing the fact that he's put this glass on the top on top of the shelf and then it's almost like a riddle almost during it when Jessie's vision has to kind of explain to her were well, um about the blue pills and then she remembers what they're for she remembers the water and then she has to make a straw out of it as well but yeah that scene yeah. she's oh because she says yeah one before blood clots it's as slick as oil so you know your hand will easily come out of that bad boy but where she's sliced slicked her own wrist lengthways she's Pulls her hand out, and you can see all the tendons, the muscle, and oh. the cartilage, and the skin all kind of clumping together as well. And it is oh, it's, like, it's one of those. It's, it's the it's the one scene in the film which is like proper horror. And Mike Flanagan doesn't hold back. But it's awful. Mm. But again, what does
1: what does that look like? It looks like a bit of steak. It
0: looks like meat. Yeah, it looks like raw yeah. meat. And it it's that.
1: It's I don't know. I don't know. There, there is definitely something about like meat and sex in this film
0: I can't
1: yeah, definitely sex but yeah this thing, Yeah, and I mean I think as well like with all the blood as well because she talks about when her dad's when she's having the flashbacks mm-hmm. her idealised self says oh you know you got your period a month before and maybe that's what got him going yes. he smelled the blood and did what dogs do and that's the and then when she's finished cutting her hand up she pads it with a maxi pad yeah yeah and I'm like, fucking hell. And then, like, even, like, Gerald's car is red with a cream interior, which is, like, meat, tendons, like, everything, like, and the solar eclipse is all red, and you've got this big yonic, like, moon thing. It's very very very
0: yes yeah. yeah i can see the moonlight man his eyes are red in the dark as well
1: yeah he's just there's everything and also do you know what else happens as well which i've just remembered go on when the dad says to her like oh yeah we'll just we'll just make out as though nothing ever happened anyway let's get grilling yes was he was he grilling on the barbecue
0: steak yeah, he's not grilling lettuce is he
1: yeah and it's the same song as well yeah because yeah you know, Ah, it's the same song that plays when she's with her dad. is the same song that she turns off in the car with Gerald. Bring so she turns the song off. Then it's like, oh yeah, there's been some someone's been raiding the the graveyard, and then it's the dog. Yep. And you're you with these three things without knowing what you know <laughs> at the end. You kind of go back and you're like, you cheeky bastards! You you put this right in my it's face.
0: Really obvious when you think about it. We're piecing yeah. the bloody thing together now.
1: Of course. It was the fact that her dad was abusive and there's a moonlight man. Period. Jeez, what? Period set.
0: Blood, menstruation, yeah. steak. Yeah. Yeah. I'll
1: never I'll never be down the meat aisle in Tesco and be the same way. No, I'm next time I'm gonna think of her uh, Jesse's dad lusting over it. Oh damn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember, yeah, that's, a, again, a pertinent point, that she does, basically, she's come into womanhood, or whatever her dad says, basically, she's a she's a young woman now, he stops calling her a girl, and keeps calling her mm. a young woman, as if that's going to make it any better, yeah, the the scene with the hand is, ugh, she has to have three skin grafts, apparently, on that, if, but I can imagine, what I did think, I don't know, maybe it's just like the um, adrenaline, or just like the heightened sense of utter shock, but she doesn't do I know she can't really drive with her but she doesn't do half bad with her hand hanging off because she escapes and then she gets out of Dodge gets in the car and it's I oh know she she falls, asleep, oh no, she falls asleep from exhaustion doesn't she and then crashes into the tree and she's saved from there I was thinking she does quite well with her hand even though it's like, mutilated
1: yeah she proper KOs because, and she imagines that the Moonlight Man's behind her and he mm-hmm. leans over the thing and whispers mouse in her
0: ear like he's her dad that's right because he called her mouse yeah yeah, that's why. And also when when Gerald keeps calling himself daddy, that's why she said, "Why do you keep calling yourself fucking daddy?" Now we know mm. why, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's a film that lends itself to repeat viewing. So there we are at the beginning, saying, "Do you know what? It ain't the most enjoyable film, but it's bloody good. The more you watch it, the more times you watch it, the more you get out of it."
1: Yeah, I suppose it just depends how much do you really want to get out of a film that's um, a psychological clusterfuck. Really, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, well, we are the psychoanalyst here.
1: I am. Unfortunately, I did like, I had to keep watching certain scenes over and over and over. Nothing, you can't back. spell
0: psychoanalyst with an anal. Oh, By that yeah. I mean methodical and <laughs> nothing else. But, yes, yeah. yes, of course, of course. Yes.
1: Yeah. What? Uh, okay, the dog is definitely real. The dog is definitely here real. Here we
0: go, here we go. The TKO so- moment.
1: Her her idealised self woman says as well, our friend in the hall is every man you've ever known. He had KB ribeye until he smelled Jerry. Your father had your mother until you were young and ripe. You ignored everything, but you knew that the dogs were on heat. And then she says something else later on where she says it was all real. The, the cuffs were real. Um, the monster was real. He was as real as the cuffs, the dogs, and as real as the Eclipse.
0: Nah, no, I think she's just having you on. I think, to be honest, <laughs> she's putting you putting your leg. Yeah, she's just yeah, she's just, she's just winking at the camera <laughs> the whole time. You know, I, you can't see me, but I'm doing that exaggerated wink. And the sad point is, I am doing that exaggerated wink. <laughs> is that the the noise that you yeah. do with that? Like, uh, uh, so if you ever hear uh, anyone in, you know, twinking and going ah, uh, it's me winking. All
1: right, I'll make
0: sure to run the other way. way.
1: I'll sick my dog on
0: you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. You can eat my meat. Uh um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> <For fuck's> sake. <laughs> right, Jez's Game. We've ascertained that it's it's a decent film because of the depths it goes into rather than the fact that it's a good horror film. So, would it have worked better without the horror, horror elements in it and the whole Moonlight Man and just been like a. A drama almost like a it's almost like a stage show to the point where it's just set in one room do you think it could have been better if they just basically got rid of the moonlight man shit and just made it a straight up human drama
1: no i think i think the moonlight light like, is is a really really good aspect of it but i think they probably needed to not be so faithful to the book mm-hmm. and perhaps have him there a bit earlier and have him doing a bit more to freak her out mm-hmm. and to you know, make make more of a point of the fact that he left footprints and yes, rather than just shaking his bag of trinkets at her it doesn't, obviously that bit is really scary but because then at the end the payoff at the end where she finally stands up for herself but he's a bit of a non-threat, I mean he looks very scary but you kind of get the idea that he's probably not going to do anything to her Not when
0: he's at the end of her bed every night and just you know gorping at her, and we now know at the end that he's a cannibal and a killer, yet he spares Jesse, but at the same time he when he says "You're not real, you just made a moonlight in my head he doesn't he doesn't see her as real if that makes any sense, he just saw her as like mm. an object or whatever but
1: he did... yeah, I think the whole the whole thing, because she, she doesn't think that he's real and she says, you're not real, you're not real, you're only made of moonlight, you're only made yeah. of moonlight. And that bit, there's a point of view of him walking closer towards mm-hmm. her and I think it would have been just really good if she closed her eyes and was like, you're not real, you're not real, you're made of moonlight, you're not real. If he was to then sort of rush at her and she opens her eyes and he's just fucking next to her or he's got his face, that fucking face <laughs> in my face, you know, if it was... If, the, if he just did something that was a little bit more like, I am real, mm. um, and then like maybe she like screams and passes out and the next day Gerald's like, Was it real? Was it not? I don't know.
0: Call me daddy. I <laughs> <laughs> meet. Um as long as you didn't have those weird red the red eyes put me off, man. I thought the red eyes looked horrendous.
1: Mm. It reminded me of that bit, you know, the original Missy Bill where the cat's like there's a bit where there's a cat outside yes. the window. And it, you think that the cat's like a demon, this and is it's cat.
0: Is it Amityville or Amityville? I call it, what
1: did I say, Amityville? Yeah. Amityville? Okay. I don't know. Ipiprofen, ibuprofen. Amity? Um, 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 Amityville? Amityville. Yeah. I don't i got know. Amity,
0: I think, yeah. Amity. Yeah. Amityville. Either way, it's not real.
1: Amityville. Oh, this is stupid. Can we stop?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Back to... <laughs> A
0: miti tomato. Yeah, we we digress from a, a yeah, a twelve bite headed red eyed man. Um yeah, I thought the I thought visually it looked bloody stupid and I and l I, I didn't mind the the idea. Why didn't he idea. start eating
1: cherry, Why didn't he start eating chewy? Well,
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um I thought he said why didn't he start eating chewy? I was like, that's a different franchise. Um <laughs> the meat was chewy. Why didn't he why didn't, <laughs> why didn't he <laughs> why, didn't, yeah, why didn't he start chowing down? Um that's why I thought is he the dog? Is he like a manifestation of the dog? He's... Because we know, we know later on in the film that the Moonlight Man eats men and only men. So was it him who was eating Gerald all along? Maybe he did go right. in for an appetizer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't... Because the, the dog only... We only see the dog eat like a part of him. His mm,
0: like wrist or something, um, yeah, his forearm.
1: But then we didn't see whether his dick was eaten off. So we can't really... Oh, no. Can't say with any certainty whether the Moonlight Man had... Had to had to nibble on Gerald. <laughs> if
0: Mike Flanagan's on Twitter, do you mind just asking him in those exact terms?
1: Did the Moonlight Man
0: have a gobble? <laughs> a gobblecock? Yes. Did he have a go? <laughs>
1: Did he? Was it a small meal? We'll never well, know. you said he
0: was five inches. So I mean, mm, that's flat, and that's you know, no, in, in the mood. No, oh, yeah, no, that's no good, is mm, it? No, it's just well I don't know
1: well let's not let's not go into this hey no. let's 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 let's
0: get grilling <laughs> <laughs> I'm away from away from the guys winky winky Gerald's game now we've gone we've basically gone through the entire what there is to know about Gerald's game did it work for you as a horror did it work for you as a drama and what are you thought now we've kind of spoken about it it's seemingly not uncovered new information but piece, bits together what are you thinking about it um, just overall um, I think
1: overall, I do think it's a really, really good film. I definitely think that it's it's got horror elements to it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it was a horror, but then given that we've just done Hereditary, they're kind of they're very similar. They Obviously, Hereditary's got more framing for it to be a horror, but really, right up until the end, nothing scary happens in Hereditary. You, but
0: Cruel also had animals eating people. Yeah, Cruel was. Crawl's amazing mate. <laughs> come on Fair enough Crawl, Hereditary, The Conjuring Fright Night, Halloween Gerald's Game, boom where's it going, don't have to give a full ranking but where 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 does it sit in amongst those bad boys
1: Oh Christ, right so what, give, give them to me again give them to me again, Fright Night
0: Fright Night 1985, Halloween the old one, The Conjuring Crawl and Hereditary and this
1: I would go. I think it would be Conjuring, Fright Night, Crawl, Gerald's Game, Heredit, Halloween, then Hereditary.
0: I knew Hereditary would be bottom of the list for you. Um, Yeah, yeah. I go for the first same podium finishes. What have you put for number one? I've already forgotten. The Conjuring, Conjuring, Fright Night. Then I'd put. Then I uh, do I put this above Crawl? Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna Gerald's Game then. Crawl, then Hereditary, and then Halloween. But then Hereditary and Cruel might switch sometimes because obviously, as we, as those we of you listen know, I was slightly more partial to that film, except when we got to the end, mm. which what had a better ending, this or Hereditary? This. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'd I, I, never in there, doubt.
1: There was a lack of floating, Tony Collette.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe that's how the Moonlight Man got into a bedroom. He just floated <laughs> up on Collette's shoulders. <laughs>
1: If Float and Tony Collette have been in Gerald's game How different would it have been?
0: It would have been better.
1: Do you think so? Because like if she's if she's chained to the bed she can't float away. So she's she yeah. can't get into the treehouse. so
0: But she could reach the glass without cutting her hand off so she could at least sustain herself for a bit longer.
1: Actually to be fair, Float and Tony Collette Cutting her hand is the least of her problems.
0: <laughs> she cut her own head off. She cut
1: her own head off, so I think probably... Under duress. She'd look at Jessie and Gerald's game and be like,
0: bitch, please. <laughs> yeah, pussy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> One hand. I raise you my head.
1: I'll give you some sexy meat. Just like (laughs) banging her head
0: on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's left of it? Um, Okay. So so basically floating Tony Collette would have enhanced this film. Uh, So when we do the next film, which we'll reveal shortly, we'll also ask would Tony floating Tony Collette have enhanced that one. We may think differently. So that's Gerald's game. Uh, So yeah, we both like Gerald's game. You guys out there listening. What did you think about Gerald's game? Because when it came out, and to this, and to this day, it's to still held up. This
1: very day, it's this
0: very day, to this very second, twenty thirty nine in the evening on a Thursday night, it's still held up in pretty high steam. Actually, this came out two weeks after it, Chapter One, which I know Mike Flanagan was slightly wary of because um, had it Chapter One flopped and been complete arse, then it, people may have just thought another Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> but because Chapter One did so well, when there's a decent film. I think Gerald's game got a kind of boost from that because suddenly Stephen King adaptations were suddenly the in thing. People obviously forgot about The Dark Tower not long before that. So it kind of got a boost from that, but I know Michael Flanagan, he didn't tell me personally, I read online, but he was slightly concerned about the um, proximity of release to that clown film.
1: Mm, I bet Stephen King wasn't. He's rubbing his hands together at
0: the moment, isn't he? Geez. Yeah, Stephen King's adaptations are getting... A lot better, and I, th- I think. But then again, a lot of people hold things like The Stand and, for some reason, the original It, and even stuff like Storm of the Century. People hold them up in high esteem. I don't know if that's because of nostalgia, but now we're actually getting...
1: Mm, what? Hard to know, no, what? What's wrong with the original It?
0: It doesn't hold up well. Tim oh, Curry holds up well. It does. Tim Curry I, does.
1: I think the original It is better than the remake.
0: I prefer chapter one of the new ones. Chapter two, I was... Like, Bare disappointed, it proper bracked me in the cinema, I'm not in a good way. I was just like, This is not anything. Well, as soon as they basically had eight kids or whatever, how many losers there were, and they went through each and every one as they, went, as they had a nightmarish thing happen to them, then they repeated the cycles like, Shit, they're really gonna do this every time. It really poor, uh, like, storytelling, narrative storytelling. But was it chapter one? I thought it was alright, similar to the old one, the TV series. The kids section, not like everybody says, is much better, and Tim Curry is a beast. Tim Curry's awesome as Pennywise the clown, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I can't just get past the how naff it looks, basically, and just like the hair and that. But it, it all looks a bit that dated. That's real hair. Oh yeah, I know, but it looks a bit dated. Oh, poor well, Tim Curry. No, I know. I like Tim Curry though, and you don't like Fran- his hair though. No, I liked him as Frankenfurter, same hair. I like him in Legend. He doesn't have any hair in Legend, though. No, he doesn't have any hair in Legend. Good oh. show. I like Tim Curry in most things, to be honest. But...
1: Home Alone
0: Two. No, I was about to call him Tim Allen for some reason. They're two pretty really, <laughs> <really> different people. <laughs> yes, he's the um, he's the geezer behind oh. the hotel, isn't he, guy? No, oh, I, oh, I was
1: talking about Tim Allen.
0: Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear and Santa mm. Claus and all that. But yeah, he's in the in, in Home Alone Two. He's the the nefarious hotel manager.
1: Because she, she smacks him round the face. I used to rewind that bit all the time when I was a kid and she smacks him round the face and he's like, do bundle up, man, it's so literally outside. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he's so good, he is. I love Tim Curry. God bless him. Uh, but yeah, It Chapter 1 was decent. It Chapter 2 was... Pfft, so you won't be hearing about It Chapter 2 that much on this show. Probably not for a while, anyway. No, I think Stephen King had actually been getting good for those who saw Doctor Sleep. I'm sure you enjoyed it as well. Um, the oh, um, Mr. Mercedes the TV show got big reviews, so he's on a bit of a renaissance on the minute, so yeah, like you say, he's probably rubbing his hands together in glee as the money continues to roll in, but, you know, yeah. maybe if we took up writing, we could be as good.
1: Oh, I could probably write a better ending. <laughs>
0: yeah! Everybody listening, what's the best Stephen King ending out there, because I'm struggling. There are some out there, and I don't think Gerald's game had a bad end. It's certainly not the worst Stephen King ending out there.
1: No. I think that The Shining ends very differently in the book than it does in the film.
0: Yeah, because you've got the Kubrick version and you've got the TV version, which is a lot different. The Stephen King much preferred the made-for-TV one because it was so faithful to the book. Like Even like, with like, the maze, the hedges come to life and start turning into animals and it's weird. Uh,
1: fucking, well, yeah, anyway, I mean, like, some things... I, and by the way, I cannot write a better ending than Stephen King. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah. saying, Please don't turn around and be like, well, go on then.
0: <laughs> I think you to give it a go. Go on.
1: Like- uh,
0: uh.
1: Jesse, Jesse gets out the handcuffs. Yep. Kills a dad. Joins the Texas Rangers. <laughs> goes home, celebrates with a couple of cheeseburgers or something.
0: <laughs> cheeseburgers.
1: <laughs> Do you see how I link that back to Stephen King? Yes.
0: Yes, very clever. But it, it and it was better than Stephen King's endings. So I'll give you that. <laughs>
1: The body ended well. Stand By Me ended well. Stand
0: By Me was alright. Um, Pet cemetery, how does that end? Um, can't remember how Pet cemetery ended.
1: Well, the film ends with... Do I, do I say? The film ends with everyone dying.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good ending.
1: I blocked that movie from my mind. What, the new That's
0: one or the old one? The Mary Lambert one? or? One. I didn't mind the new one. I don't think it's as bad. Other than, again... I didn't watch the trailers because I don't really watch trailers because I want to go in knowing as little as possible, even though I know I've seen the original. But the trailers gave everything away. Like all the major moments are in the fucking trailer for oh, really? *Pet Sematary*. Everything is in the, the big switcher, or the big like, twist in the film is in the trailer. Like the parts to what parts towards the end when everything starts to go wild, in the trailer, Every, like everything that happens to um, oh. the friendly neighbor whose name I can't remember in the trailer. It's like, why would you do that for? But I didn't mind the new version of pet symmetry. I actually thought it's pretty good, and I know I'm in like the majority minority of about ten people
1: well i don't I don't know the I don't know the original, and I don't know the book, so I had no reason to not like it I just um I just didn't just didn't didn't do it for me.
0: That's fair enough you do have pizza with salad in the middle, so we all have our differences.
1: I like pizza with salad in the middle mm, I don't I really really do I'm not a massive I like fan pizza of with salad salad in the middle. I really miss the hot dog stuffed crust pizza.
0: I never liked that. Mm, it was lovely. I like stuffed crust, and I like when they put a little bit of to inject some of that tomato and herb sauce in there as well. You know, I'm I'm all here for that. I'm here all day for that. But the hot dog one tasted a bit odd.
1: All right. Well, look here's the here's the plan. If we ever get pizza, we'll get our own
0: pizzas. <laughs> Yeah, we are not do this half and half shit with pineapple one side and, and hot we, dog on the other.
1: And we won't share.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bloggy doesn't share food. If we no. ever if we ever do a Death by Pod live show uh, involving a beer and pizza, which actually sounds fairly enticing. actually. That sounds
1: pretty good actually. Pretty sweet. We should definitely do that. I think oh, one day you
0: have to put a poll Twitter poll. Twitter poll do it. I think one day we should actually live comment on a watch a film and do a live commentary on it. Yes. So let's move on from that then. So, yeah, Stephen King, write better endings, end, mate. As we did last week, we ended up with a, a fun little game. Last week, we came up with some horror quotes, and the winner was uh, that who got the most rights. And in this case, it was Bloggy Balboa. Whoop!
1: <laughs> Good, good sentence structure. I know. That who got the most is right. I know, I was too Winits busy reading game. something else
0: at the same time, but I turned into that like so, so Monty Edgar Allan Poe jobby or something. But yeah. <laughs> but Bloggy won last week. She she beat me. She, she bested me two to Smashed one. it. But this time around, we're doing something a little bit different, a little bit cheeky, a little bit naughty, a bit spicy. Playing a game which I've just called Movie Tunes because
1: that is—it's not Gerald's game. It's not.
0: We are not handcuffed to the <laughs> to, to our respective away. seats. Yeah, it is. I am going to make Elizabeth confront her past now, and you're going to have mm. to listen. Well, have you got a steak? <laughs> yeah, I'm off the grill now, and I've just—I've just—I've <laughs> <laughs> just had my first period.
1: Oh look, the eclipse is here. Yeah, smashing.
0: <laughs> the fuck's that in the corner of the room? Settle down, mate. Pipe down. Um, you're I'm not having my jewellery. You're all right. (laughs) Yeah, you just made out of moonlight. It's okay. Um, It sounds like the sort of thing you'd say when you were pissed.
1: Oh, do you know what, actually? We were pissed the other day, and I was like, God, look at how bright the moon is. It was was the streetlight, wasn't it? See?
0: Bloggy's game. (laughs) We're Literally making her confront her past now. So we're playing movie tunes. It's going to be impossible to get the answer right because, basically, we are each going to hum one horror movie theme to uh to what to the other person bloggy and myself and basically the other person's got to guess what the hell we're humming and considering there's so many horror themes out there this could be hilarious and could go horribly wrong but so i'm gonna go first i'm gonna hum elizabeth a theme from a horror film and she has to try and somehow get this and then she's gonna do the same for me so bloggy do you think you're ready
1: I am. So it's a theme because I've picked songs what are in horror films.
0: Oh, I've picked like a like the main theme from a horror film.
1: Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I think you'll still get mine. So that's fine. Oh. You go. I'm. I'm ready. I was born ready.
0: Oh good. I've got my, my meats on the grill. <laughs> the eclipse is here. We're ready. The eclipse is here. Uh, I've got a half naked man on the floor being eaten by a dog next to me. Um. Also, oh, I got say, Bruce Greenwood. Actually, you know, Bruce Greenwood looked, looked pretty tight for um. For I say for his age, but you know, for a man of his age, he looked pretty good. Oh yeah, well, he's
1: a dirty bastard, though, isn't he? He's gonna have—he's gonna be in good shape.
0: I suppose he's keeping himself active in other ways, playing all
1: these games that he plays. Yeah,
0: all these games, and we ain't talking about chess or Uno, are we, Gerald?
1: No, we're not. So
0: back to the game. I just realised you may not get this one actually, but um, so without any further, here is me humming the first tune to Elizabeth. Here we go. That was
1: it, You dig? Ah, <laughs> oh, it kind of does sound familiar. It actually sounds more um, like
0: something else, which it isn't. But
1: da, 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 da. it's what? Not... <laughs> um, I don't know, a Hellraiser?
0: No, but that was one of the ones I was going to do. Is that your final answer?
1: Yeah, it's going to have to be
0: in it. Yeah, the answer is it. <laughs> The new iteration of It, that is the main theme, the 27 years later theme that permeates most scenes. And it also sounds like the family theme from The Conduring.
1: Da, 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 da. Yeah. If you
0: listen to both of them together, they're pretty much very, they're identical almost. <laughs> and I was going to do that one from The Conjuring because I actually like that tune, but we did a Conjuring answer last week. So, Bloggy, I've got to say, it's the wrong answer, mate. Yeah, it's the
1: wrong answer.
0: Oh, well. Well played keep my head high Uh, the fact that you I'm in an hour enough to make me think you may actually get this (laughs) thought you were going to do it
1: all right shall I (sighs) shall I go for it yep I'm ready are you ready loosened up ready to go this is this is a this uh, yeah this I'm going to say that this is the theme of the film and you can fight me on it
0: (laughs) Is it two fights we're going to have now? The dog was real, and this isn't nothing to do with the film. Go on then. Right. Oh, hold on! I need to bet. Elizabeth I'll can look at that. Elizabeth can sing as well.
1: <laughs> you can sing, which makes
0: it slightly unfair. All
1: right. Uh, yeah, I suppose. But like, duh, 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 <laughs> duh. you like you had different a different range. It was good. Hey. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fat. Oh, are you ready? For my
0: horrific hums. I am It <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like the sound of my nightmares tonight, that is. <laughs> Once more we're <with> feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Talk about range. laughs> oh, um, as soon as you started being all jaunty and jolly I was like oh it's evil dead but that was different so it's not the evil dead um, <laughs> no, no, oh, that was my answer then I've given my one answer
1: is that it? The, Is that your? I think answer? so. I'm out of
0: the game. Da, 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 da. No, I don't uh, I don't know.
1: It was Tiptoe Through the tulips by Tiny Tim.
0: <laughs> you sang this last week.
1: Which was on Insidious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> da, da, da. Oh now Oh now it all makes sense. it didn't sound as good in the film, that's why I didn't get it.
1: Oh dear. The, sound oh, now. dear me. the creepiest song in the world. It's a nice... So we've both yeah, we've
0: lost We both lost. It's so a nice but... song. Yeah. So um as a tiebreaker. <bla worry transformed> <tek sweet noise> what's that?
1: Halloween.
0: That was the Exorcist actually. Oh
1: fuck, it was, was, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, I was only winding you up, but still. <laughs> And doing looking on the social media post we've put up, I just realised how naff the Halloween poster really is. Yeah,
1: it's really bad, isn't it's it? It's like
0: Pumpkin, but it's like fingers, and it's really—I never noticed what it was. I thought it was like a like a glove, but no, it's a, Ooh, it's a pumpkin. Pumpkin fingers. Man, it's like the least scary thing ever.
1: Pumpkin fingers does sound pretty scary, though.
0: You got a pumpkin head.
1: Yeah, you got pumpkin head. Do you want to know what my what my other choice was going to be? Um, if it was not tiptoe through the tulips.
0: uh yeah.
1: I was going to do dream warriors, but. Docky, docking, dream
0: warriors. <laughs> but how how would you have done it? How would you have hummed that then? I
1: would have See? gone na na na
0: Yeah, okay. Na 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 I could feel I could feel dream my hand up. Like, dream warrior. Oh, my fist Don't is pumping in the air. Yeah, 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 fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> did any of you get would, would any of you guys got that as um, oh, think
1: you didn't see me actually I was doing like a proper like rock hand and like headbanging. yeah well, I've <laughs> been winking
0: metal. and you've been doing the old uh, rock and roll uh, devil horn. so yeah but guys did you get any of that did you know that that was from it or did you know that was from um, Insidious because we didn't so we, <laughs> we both lose so as far as things go in terms of the gamey wamies, our bloggy's still up one to zero by winning last week so yeah congratulations for still being top of the leaderboard
1: thank you very much um, I'm sorry that Mohammed was not good enough to help you
0: It's just all this talk meat, basically has put me off and <laughs> well, I like meat
1: Oh, we get to the meat of it don't we on oh, this the meat and
0: bones yeah the meat and the taters oh. bosh bosh and actually the the moonlight man actually took bones from his victims actually mm-hmm. so there's no meat on those
1: I think we've uh, we've fleshed out some ideas,
0: though. That... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need to beat the meat no longer. The um, so Gerald's Game, we thought is all right, as we did last week. How are you going? Are you giving it thumbs up, thumbs down? If somebody came up to you tonight, standing in the corner of a room with red eyes, didn't fancy any grilling, but they said, Bloggy, I want to watch this Gerald's Game. It's on Netflix. I haven't even got to go out. What would you say? Yay or no? I'd go yay. Big yay? yeah big yay I agree as well I'll give him a big thumbs up I'll give him a yahoo and say yeah definitely do it Um, I think it's a very decent film so Gerald's Game what did you guys think about it have we bigged it up too much have we not bigged it up enough Uh, is it better than we're saying or do you all think it's a bit naff let us know um, in the social link we're going to give you very shortly but next time we're coming up what are we talking about bloggy? Talking about the Babadook. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually going back to rewatch that because I've only seen it once. Um, it, before rewatching it, I assume how many times have you seen it? Quite a few times. Okay, so quite a real first it.
1: <laughs> unfortunately. Excellent. <laughs> well, no, unfortunately, no, no, okay, no spoilers, but I'm not, it's not an unfortunate event that I've had to watch it probably more times than I'd
0: like to admit. Yeah. And on that cliffhanger for next time, oh, um, next up is The Babadook. And then from then on, uh, we're getting closer to Christmas. So we're going to a little Crimbo One out there as well and a few other cool things as well. But that's that for this episode of Death by Pod. Bloggy, thank you for coming on to talk about Gerald's Game.
1: Thank you for having me. Well done.
0: Rare. Well done to you as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Medium
0: rare. Medi- <laughs> medium rare, please. Yes. I thought you were saying well done to you. I was like, that's fine. Thanks, mate. Well done. Save that for afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Thanks very much for giving your time. I couldn't ask for a uh, a cooler co-host. Until then, where can the world find you online? You can find
1: me at Bloggy Balboa on uh, WordPress and Twitter, and I do have an Instagram and a Facebook page, but don't bother with it because I never post on there. She doesn't. And that's I don't. I really don't. I need to get rid of them actually. But yeah, other than that.
0: That's where you can find me. She didn't even post a picture of her dinner last night, so I'm not actually sure she went out for dinner because we saw no photographic evidence. Um, if you want to find me, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk on Rotten Tomatoes as well. The movie reviews go on there. And influence people out there who say Rotten Tomatoes is full of dickheads. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> I know we, we, don't, we don't. We're on Facebook, but we don't really use it. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is where it's at. Just search for what I watch tonight, and you'll find us. But more importantly, you can find the show. Uh, at Deaf by Pod on Twitter and Instagram at deathbypod every show goes up on there we put one minute audiograms of the best moments from the show or bits we think you may like pictures of our faces we interact with people on there as well so follow Deaf by Pod on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with what we've got going on we also put polls up as well and I put up a poll the other day about hereditary what did people think about it and the majority of people thought it was really good then was that people thought it was okay and then not many people didn't like it but the comments we got were a few people fell asleep during the film and a few people actually walked out of the film so uh the comments we got kind of flew in the face of the results
1: well those are my kind of people if they ever want to come over for some steak <laughs>
0: yeah. more than welcome everyone fancy nibbling a half-naked man dead man but uh, yeah i did i did obviously say to them that <laughs> of the show agreed with you for the most part which would be you uh, walking out thought it was boring so um, yeah go back and listen to our hereditary episode all of our episodes you can find on Anchor FM Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher anywhere in the world you can find a podcast you're going to find us there let us know what you think of the show we love hearing from you as well but until next time when we're chatting about the baby duke from me it's Sia, and from bloggy it's toodaloo that's where I'm going now (laughs) Ha <laughs>